The second church in chapter two of the book of Revelation is the church in the town of Smyrna. Smyrna was a town north of Ephesus, and it was under great persecution by the Romans. There was a temple erected there, but the Romans had taken everything the Christians had. Uh, there was a man named Polycarp, who was an old elder in the church. He had been murdered and martyred, and they were suffering great tribulation. And so the angel, unto the angel or the leader in the church, John writes, These things says the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. He reminds them that God is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He died and has risen from the dead. And I think he wanted them to be reminded that it's the resurrection that gives us our hope. He rose from the dead. He defeated death. He sits at the right hand of God the Father, making intercession for us. And then he commends them. He said, I know your works. I know the tribulation and the poverty that you are suffering. And then I love the parenthesis, but you know that's one of my favorite words in the Bible because it's a conjunction of contrast. Every time I have the word but in a verse, I underline it. Because on the left of the word is the negative, and on the right of the word is the positive. He said, you're under tribulation. You've been stripped of all your riches that the world offers you, but you are very rich. They were rich because of their faith and their trust in God. And this is one of the books, there are two, this is one, that there's no condemnation. Because in spite of what they had to go through, they suffered in faith with hope. What are the riches that we can have when we're suffering great persecution and experiencing great poverty? The resources of God are always available to us and I have to stress that every chance I get, because the greatest resource we have is peace. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. So there is a peace that the world gives, but it's fragile and fleeting. And the peace of God is enduring. It's healthy and helpful and it's free for the asking. And so no matter what we go through in the circumstances of our life, we can go through it with God's peace. Joy is another one of the riches we have from Him. Because joy, remember, is the knowledge that we'll possess something good. And we can always know that no matter how hard life gets and how troubling things can be, we can know that God is at work. And if we continue to trust Him, He will always improve our character and the quality of our life. He will comfort us. And what a great thing that is. He tells us He's the God of all comfort. And He will comfort us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort others with the same comfort 
whereby he comforted us. And when we have experience in using the resources of God, they become real to us. And then when we come across people who are in desperate need of these, because of what God has done for us, we can wholeheartedly share. And people cannot deny what God has done in our life. If we say it and don't live it, then we're just a fake. But if we live it and say it because we've lived it, then it becomes real. And so he says, you are rich. Don't look at what's happening to you and what you possess to consider riches. And he said, I know the blasphemy of them that say they are Jews and are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. Apparently the Jews in Smyrna were exempt from temple worship or worshiping the Roman gods. And so some of the Christians had said they were Jews so that they didn't have to worship the Roman gods and therefore they could escape persecution. But they lied. They said they were Jews to escape problems. We don't escape problems. We let God work in us as we go through them. And then he said in verse 10, Fear none of those things which you will suffer. Isn't it funny that he's always telling us to, to don't be afraid? My mind goes back to Mary and Joseph. We studied that at Christmas. When the angel appeared to them, they were afraid. I would be afraid if an angel came in and spoke to me. And the first thing that was said to them is, Fear not. Don't be afraid. And when John turned and saw Jesus standing before him on the Isle of Patmos, he too was afraid. And God said, John, don't be afraid. And I want to tell you that fear is never of God. The solution to fear, however, is perfect love. Because in 1 John, we're told in chapter 4 that perfect love casts out fear. I've never really understood how that works, but I know from experience that it works. People who are constantly afraid are usually people that are not filled with the love of God because God's love is the only love that's perfect. And for some reason, when you have God's love in your heart, it drives out all fear. So he says, don't be afraid of what's going to happen to you. And then he warns them, the devil will cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you'll have tribulation ten days. Ten days refers to ten periods of time. And if you study the history of this little town, there were ten different kings, Roman rulers, that persecuted these believers. And then he says, just be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful unto death. How does your faith grow? It grows when you use it. To me, faith is like a muscle. If you don't work out or use your muscles, you lose them. And so you have to constantly exercise and 
move your body to keep it working right. And it's the same with faith. I think when tragedy occurs, tribulation and heartache crosses our path, we tend to lose our faith and trust in God, and that's sin. We're told in Romans that anything that's not of faith is sin. Well, that's hard to understand. That's hard to grasp because we must put our faith in Him and get our eyes off of the circumstances of our life onto the truth in His Word. And then He will give us the crown of life. There are many crowns, and I won't take the time to go over them today, but the crown of life is waiting for those of us who continue to put our faith and trust in the Word of God, not what we think about God, but what we know about God, as long as we are alive. And then he concludes this with the same way he concludes all of them. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. He that overcometh, shall not be hurt of the second death. Who is the one that overcomes? It's the one who's born of God. Remember we read in 1 John that he that is born of God is an overcomer. But what is the second death? The word death means separation from. Those of us who have experienced two births the, the natural birth and the spiritual birth only go through one death. Those that have only had one birth experience two deaths. The first death comes at physical death when the body is separated from the soul and the spirit. Remember, the soul and the spirit don't die. But the body dies, is put in the ground, and one day will be resurrected to join back with the soul and the spirit and live eternally in the resurrected body. The second death is when you're separated from God. Death means separation. You're separated from your body at physical death. If you haven't been born again, you are separated from God at the great white throne judgment. You are separated from God forever. There is no second chance after physical death. So you escape the second death by being born again of the Spirit of God. I trust all who listen to this podcast have experienced that second birth, because it's at that point in your life that you receive his life, he becomes your father, and you inherit the kingdom of God jointly with him, and his resources then become available to you in time as you live on this earth. What a wonderful thing to realize. God bless you all. Happy New Year. Share this with your friends. Thank you for listening.